sermon today will be um, in Roman, out of Romans, um, chapter 6, and I will read and then we'll dive in. Well then, should we keep on sinning? This is Paul. Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? <laughs> of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in death, we also will be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. We died with Christ, we know that we also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died to he died once to break the power of sin, but now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Amen. So when our youngest son was in elementary school, they had the opportunity to earn homework passes. They could do special things. They could, they, they could do a variety of different things to earn them, or they were given as rewards for different things. And so when it came time to turn in your homework, you could, instead of having done your homework and turning your homework, you could turn in your homework pass. So these were coveted, <laughs> coveted items, and you would love to save them so that he could use them. Or you think about maybe um, playing Monopoly, and you have to go get to jail. Get out of jail free. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get out of jail free card so that you didn't have to miss collecting rent. Or you didn't have to spend the extra time where everybody else was going around the board, gobbling up all the properties, and you were able to, to get out or not have to wait to roll or to spend your money. Uh, so we kind of like that idea of the of the free pass, and I think that's what that's what Paul is talking about here. So over this last month, uh, most of the month, we've been talking about uh, salvation by grace mm -hmm. through faith, uh, not of our works. It is a gift from God, both faith, as Lori shared and reminded us, as well as uh, is the grace that He gives and forgiveness in the love that He gives so freely. So. <coughs> We were in chapter five last week and talking about the peace that comes from God through um, through our faith as we are justified, just as if we are without sin when we stand before the Father because of Jesus. So we didn't go all the way through five, but chapter five continues to talk about the friendship and the opportunity for friendship that we now have with God because of Jesus. And then goes on to talk about as sin came into the world, we're condemned, but because of Jesus, uh, we're no longer condemned, but we have life and grace. And so that's where we pick up now in chapter 6. And so um, Paul just puts the question out there and he asks the hard question. So should we keep on sinning that we should get more and more wonderful grace? And he's like, no, by all means not. And you, if you think about the free, well, not as much the, the get out of jail free card, but even the homework, the free homework passes and not having to do your homework, eventually the consequences of what you've done, even though Jesus has forgiven us, we still 
deal with the consequences of some of the decisions and the missteps that we make in life. Even the homework pass, if you don't do enough of the homework assignment, you're not going to get docked. Your grade isn't going to be docked for not doing your homework, but by not having practiced and worked with the material, it's likely to impact you over time. And the same thing is like that with uh, with our sin and the decisions that we make. We don't like to think of ourselves as sinful, but anything that is outside of God's word is is, is a messed up and is falling short of his, as we talked about a couple weeks ago. And so Paul just throws the question out there because we look, this passage shows us a couple different things, and one of them is just the human condition, uh, our world. It's like we want what we want, when we want it, in a lot of cases, um, the way we want it. <laughs> There's this idea of happily ever after, you know, with all the fairy tales, you know, and they live happily ever after. And it sets this expectation that life is going to be easy, that there aren't going to be challenges and trials that we go through. Well, that's not life. Uh, so we have this disconnect between our expectations and what our hopes are and this, um, this thing that we're aspiring to that the world tells us, and that the fairy tales tell us, and that, that we that we hope for, that isn't, you know, G Jesus says, you know, that in this world you will have trouble, and take heart, I have overcome the world. He doesn't right. promise um, being Christian and being in relationship with Jesus, doesn't promise that life will be easy, um, but he promises to be with us, Amen. and he promises never to leave us in those situations. And so, as we just reconcile with our human with our human condition, uh, we just we kind of think about what are the, as we, as we pursue the happily ever after, or we pursue the things that we're wanting, you know, what does the world tell us? Well, the world tells us that we'll be happy if we accumulate people, relationships, money, things, toys. Um, you guess the most toys wins. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not how it works. But, but our culture would tell us some of those things. Uh, and so there's this there's this tension between what a lot of people believe um, brings fulfillment in life and what we know that Jesus uh, can bring us. And so starting in verse three, um, he just reminds us. He he goes through. I actually want to back up and read. I want to read those first couple verses again. Um, of course not. So since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? So we think about our response. And he goes on to remind us, or have you forgotten that you were joined with Christ in baptism? When we did that, we joined him in death. And he goes on and on, time after time. There are seven times in this passage that Paul is reminding us that we have died with Jesus, that we are united with Jesus, and then we live together in him. So it's like layer by layer, he's wanting us to, to be aware of our human condition, be aware of, you know, we want to see how far can I go over the speed limit before I'm going to get pulled over. Like, we we get, we're like, I'm not really sinning yet, or whatever, whatever it is. It's like, how close can I get before I get in trouble? Uh, and that's just, that is just, it's just our human condition. <laughs> uh, but God, right? Thankfully. Thankfully. So, he then goes through this layer by layer reminding us of what Jesus did for us and that by dying to ourselves, dying crucified with him, it is not our physical bodies, but it is that it is our will, it is our emotions, it is those things that we think that we that we want 
and we want it now in the way we want it, all of those things, and as we grow to learn to be able to live fully in Jesus, and how can we trust God and trust that his ways are higher than our ways, and they're better, even though we think we've got a really good plan, he knows what we need, and he will go. So Paul, Paul walks through walks through that. He talks about how we might be able to uh, respond, and he goes through a series uh, where he talks he's, um, that we are no longer, that, that sin might lose its power. So in verse 6, uh, we might know, we know, we know, we know that our sinful self, where is it? That our sinful selves were cu crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. So we're no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. So he walks us through. And if we think about what he's doing here in the context of the other passages that we read today, there were some hard things in there. Because as he talks about us being free from sin and living in freedom and living in full life with Jesus, putting it in the context of our world and the mindset of many around us, whether they're in our families, whether they're in our workplaces, our, our communities, our neighborhood, um, think different things. And so in the passages today, you know, David <laughs> David was just lamenting. He's like, God, it's really hard. Everybody hates me. Yeah. Um, but walking through. But, but did you see what he did in the midst of that? For as frustrated and as despondent as he was feeling, what did he do? Prayed. He prayed, right. He looked to God and just... Those last couple passages um, in that reading, he walks through, um, but I trust you. you know, please don't leave me here. He knows. He knows that God hears and he knows that he, will, that he will respond to him in his way, in his timing. And encourages us to be steadfast in prayer there too. One of the other passages from the lectionary this week was in Jeremiah. And we didn't read the whole passage, but there's something similar that goes on here goes on there too. He's in the same place. He said, now I am mocked every day. Everyone laughs at me. When I speak in the, when I speak, the words burst out, violence and destruction I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak his name, his word burns in my heart like a yeah. fire. Yeah. It's like a fire in my bones. I'm worn out trying to hold it in. So we wrestle um, but we know that we can trust God. So, but when we read passages like this, like they're kind of hard. Like, how can the good news also have news that has aspects that we might consider to be not so good? And that's where we just have to remember that the Bible is one big love story uh, from beginning to end, and that there that we can pull bits and pieces out, but we can't just take it without looking at the the rest of the Bible and what it means. And so even in these moments where, in this case a prophet, in the other case a king, are feeling so persecuted, and Jesus in, in the Matthew passage is warning the disciples, people aren't always going to like what you're doing, and it's not necessarily going to be easy, and it, in fact it might be pretty hard uh, in, those, in those places, but he's reminding us that he is with him, that he is with us, and that he is good. We have a good God who does good and is good. And then we can remember. And so we can know, like, I know that he is with me. And he is with you. He will help you and me to find a way. He's that lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. 
and I want like the airport spotlight that shows me really far out <laughs> yeah, exactly where we're going happen. and how it's going to happen, and I yeah. can feel comfortable and confident. But it's not like that. It's like it's like the little flashlight, or even I guess in the time that this was written, it was the lantern, where it's lighting one step at a time. And there's some times in life where it's really hard to walk that one step, not knowing what's on the other step because it's still dark and it's not illuminated yet. So, um, ooh, trying to not get roast on here. Uh, this morning, one of my sisters is in ICU after Aww. extensive surgery yesterday. It will be a very good thing, but right now it's touch and go. And um, this Matthew passage, oh goodness, I'm surprising myself, um, that, that you just read, he talks about um, that the hairs on our head are, not, are counted. Like he knows them, it's like, we know, like in the midst of this, it's like, you know every artery, capillary, every organ, every everything in her body, and I know that he is with her and that he cares. And there's, in the midst of uncertainty, there's still peace and hope in knowing that he can, you know, my prayers is he's just wrapping her and her family in peace right now and all of us. Um, but we, he, as he goes on to say, that the number of the hairs on your head are counted, do not be afraid. And lots of other passages that speak to fear. I think there are, what, 365 statements yeah. in the Bible that say that. Not that we don't fear, because in our humanness we do. Things, things can be uncertain, and we don't know what's going to happen from one moment to the next, or what is going to happen in a particular situation. But what we do know is that he is with us, in, and he is the source of our peace and our hope. So Matthew and the other Gospels all talk about dying to self. Um, we strive to find and keep our lives, striving for that happily ever after, or that goal, those things, the plans that we put in place. If we are willing to set that aside and trust God to guide and redirect our path, he says, if we, um, those who seek the life that they're trying to create will lose it, will lose their real life. Um, but those who seek him will find the life that he has for us, and we can trust him in that. So this passage shows us that death has no power. Amen. Sin has no power. Amen. Um, now he lives to the glory of God. Um, we also, for, for in us also, the power of sin is dead. So does that mean that we don't have temptation anymore? <laughs> or that we're not, you know, that, that we're, I mean, we're, we're, still, we're still human. So it doesn't make us immune mm -hmm. to sin, um, but he gives us the strength. He gives us his word so that we can look to his word to God when we're not sure what to do in a situation, we're facing big decisions, we're facing something unexpected, where in his truth can he, can we find wisdom, wisdom to guide us? Um, since we died with him, we live with him. Amen. Yeah, again, seven different ways. Is, is you just read that passage over and over again, where we died to ourselves, our once our wills our way in baptism, and we were raised up raised into life with him and we're in this kind of already not yet so we already have the opportunity to live life fully with Jesus and when he comes again then it will everything will come to fulfillment and shalom comes to the world and he, he, bring, he will bring judgment but he will bring also um, peace and 
bring heaven to earth and all of the all of the things that he promises to us so it's like his kingdom is here now because it lives in us because he dwells in us and we take his kingdom into the world everywhere we go but it's not perfect yet it's not his perfect plan it's not the it's not the new the new Eden, the new jerusalem it is we're still in this tension and there's still um there's still uncertainty and there's still brokenness and sickness and sin and pain and violence and all the other things that keep us up at night um, or threaten to keep us up at night. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we, so I don't need to be so loud, what do we do uh, in response to this? So what, what do these passages help us to do? How can we live this out and practice it? And so I would say the first thing to do is to be in his word. Because being in this word helps us to know his character. It helps us to know his promises for us. It helps us, it helps to shine that light on that next uh, on that next step for us. His word gives us so much. And in that, his word speaks to us. And so as I was working on my message this week, and I had, um, I had like, when we first moved into our house, I had one of my Bibles, but I have different kinds of Bibles, and so I went looking for them, and so I had a stack of them on the table, and I was cleaning up before I was going to bed the other night, and I picked up this one. So this was my first one I bought in 2001 when I did my very first Bible study with a friend in Minnesota, and I thought it was zipped up, but it wasn't, and so I picked it up by the handle, and of course, everything falls out. What fell out? And this fell out. And as, soon, as things were falling on the floor, I'm like, that is no accident. Because I, I would get yes. wrestling a little bit with, with some aspects of the message. And, um, and I pulled this out. And I love, so, okay, so welcome to my world. So this was, this is dated October 12th of 2013. Okay, that's a long time ago, almost 10 years ago. Um, clearly, I, I sometimes I had an office upstairs working in my. At this time, I was working 70 hours a week in my consulting business like crazy. But I apparently was down in the kitchen. Sometimes I worked on our island, so cooking something or whatever. It was folded up like this, so I suspect this is probably what I have my coffee cup sitting on. Um, but I was listening. I was taking a break and I was listening to the message from the weekend service. This was barely as we had been back to church. This was 11 days after I went to my first life group meeting where God would meet me and totally begin changing my life. And so this is 11 days later. So clearly I was listening to something. I didn't have something to write on. And I, so I grabbed the paper towel and I grabbed a pen and I started to write. And then I started to write some more. And then I opened it up and I wrote some more. <laughs> but so here's, here's what it says. Um, it's talking about reading reading the Bible. So, what is it? so we say, be in his word. So like, what does that mean, to, to be in his word? And I didn't really know. Like, the, the word of the month at that time was abide. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what does that really, really mean? So anyway, this says, so, so reading, we talk about gospel readings, and it says, the goal is not, underscored, underlined, to finish or complete. Read, stop, listen, Ask, underline twice, exclamation point, <laughs> what are you saying? God, reveal in my heart what you're saying in this passage. And then it, and then it goes on. I flipped over. Um, it will show you something about yourself, where I'm not living, 
a way that he might want me to be living and prepares me to go where God wants me to go. And then it was went into the passage on 2 Timothy 3.16 where all scripture is breathed out by God and useful. And it goes on to say that the word can show us what is true and can also show us what is wrong in our own lives. It makes us realize what is wrong and helps to correct us where we're wrong, but then teach us to do what is right and what is good to prepare and equip us to do every good work. And there's more. It goes on to John 17 and how Jesus prayed in the garden for the disciples and all who would come to believe because of their testimony and who will come to believe because of our testimony. And I'm like, I just remember it's okay. being so hungry to understand his word. When I bought that Bible in 2001, I went to Bible study, but I did a cognitive lesson. Like, I was learning, I was going to learn the Bible like I learned pharmacy or like I learned whatever in consulting. But that's not what God does. It would, <laughs> it would take a while to work through all of the walls that I built up in my heart. But I just, I marvel at his goodness and his power in our lives. So when I say, be in his word, that's what I mean. Like, be in be in his word, like with him in it, read as much, but those, those times of prayer and reflection, reflection with him. And then, in, in spending those times in praying with him, making notes, I'm so grateful for this silly little paper towel, but it's, yeah. I mean, it is a silly paper towel, but it's a beautiful paper towel, like it is, I have it typed in now, because it was hard to read some of what I had written. Uh, but I'm so grateful for it, and I'm grateful that I dated it because I'm like, wow, God, look what you were doing. Yeah. Eleven days after my first life group meeting, where I first opened the word with other people in a new way and saw what it looked like where people were living with Jesus at the center of their lives and trying Amen. to follow his word in the midst of things that were really, 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 really hard that they were going through at, at that time. I'm like, Wow, God, show me how to do that. Yes. So, it's um, a miracle. That's cool. Because at that, at that time, yeah, at that time, I really felt like if I just did the right things and carried out my plans, that our happily ever after would become a reality, and every, nobody would experience difficult things. We just do, you know, life hap You know, the world's not like that. But I really, I think, until that point, believed that. I could control our life experience and outcome. And that was a hard lesson to learn. Wow, I wish I wish I learned that a whole lot earlier. But I, I get into stuff right now and then it's it's still hard. It's still it's still hard. Okay, second, I don't want to lose track of time here, is to disciple to Jesus. Um, to learn from him. You know, to disciple to Jesus. Disciple is a learner. Um, so his because I've always thought of disciple means follow. And the disciples do follow Jesus, but the, the literal word is, is learning. And so as a disciple is a learner, not just a passive follower, uh, not a legalistic <coughs> follower either, but learning from him. Last week we talked about the disciples as they were walking with Jesus and watching him heal and go from town to town to town and experience. And we talked about apprenticing the way they did, and that's that's what he calls us to do, is to disciple to Jesus. So we learn from him, we learn from him through his word, and how his truth can guide us, 
we look to see how he responded in different situations where he was faced with something or you, all of all of the different all of the different stories, all of the things like how did Jesus respond? Wow, why did he respond that way? What what is it about his character, and what does he want to do? Because as we disciple to Jesus, what he wants to do is multiply his yeah. DNA in us, like make us more Christ-like. And we'll never get there this side of heaven, but the more time we spend with him and learning from him and walking with him in these hard moments, got the call and like. Okay, God, what, you know, I could freak out. That was, my normal thing was freak out. Like that, 10 years ago, I'd gone freak out. Um, but I, in those moments, you just have to hold, like, what do I know to be true? What do I know to be true? I don't know what, the, what any of the outcomes are going to be, but I know that God is with her and her family and all of us in every situation. And I know I'm not the only person going through things. I mean, you all have the things that you are dealing with in your lives and your families and, and things too. And just know that he is with you. So we spend time in this word. We disciple to him. And then we walk in freedom. Sounds easy, right? To do, but it allows us to do what Jesus does. Um, what does his word say? What would he do if he were in our position in that same situation? Okay, we're not going to have as much time for this as I was hoping, but I still want to do it. So let me find my little... I didn't want to distract you by giving you these before. <laughs> Welcome to you now. Um, we look, you know, we look to the world. What does the world say 
will make me a good person, will make me successful, will make me likable, will make me whatever. Um, and so if we seek the world for that, the world will definitely speak into that. And what we need to do through Jesus is stem that. It's not that we, he doesn't want to remove ourselves from the world. I, I mentioned quickly that uh, John 17 passage. Jesus didn't pray to take us out of the world. We live in the world. We're salt and light in this yeah. world. But in order, and we have to be in the world, but we don't have to let the world control how we see ourselves or how we respond to other people because it's the way that other people respond. You know, Jesus gives us another way to love in his name and to bring light. And so here's a question. Um, as we look to obedience um, and identity, there's an arrow that goes there, and it's not on your sheet. Uh, oh, I have pens. If you want them out. Yeah, pass those too. Um, what way does the arrow go? Say again. If we're going to draw an arrow between, um, so we have the, the arrow going from father to identity, right? Um, how, what direction does the arrow go between obedience and identity? What is the relationship between our identity and obedience? Someone want to holler it out? What direction does it go? Take a guess, or maybe I won't put you on the spot. Right to left, left to right. Identity. Could go identity, obedience to identity, could go identity to obedience. And I know growing up, I believed that it went from obedience to identity. That if I followed his rules, there's a passage that says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Uh, if you read it that way. But it's actually, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Like, it's different. Um, and so, actually, this arrow goes like this. It is out of our identity, and out of our relationship, out of our deep, loving, abiding, grace-filled, grace-bought relationship with God, with Jesus, the Holy Spirit. It's in, and that arrow is not a, oh, I'll obey you, God. It is a loving submission. As we grow in our identity in him, we want to follow his word. God, I want to know your way. I really thought I wanted to go this direction, but you have another direction, and I'm going to trust you. Uh, so it becomes, the, the arrow goes that way. And that was, this was a game changer for me, because it, I grew up believing that I could never be good enough to be anything, to be loved by God, honestly, is what I believed. And I thought I was separated from him. Uh, but Jesus was showing me something different. Being in his word and in community with other people uh, was able to do that. So a loving submission to the one who came, right? God the Son who left heaven, came to earth, took on flesh, fully God, fully human. He had his divine will and his human will. And he kept that human will in check and, and submitted to God. And how did he do it? Through time with God. Jesus, how many times do we read Jesus went away to pray? went away to connect with the Father, and that was how he did it. He lived the perfect life. He's the only one who could ever do that. But it's because he loved us so much. He doesn't want us bound up by sin, by fear, by people's expectations, by things that we think we have to do or need to do because the world says that we should or we're not complete. What? That's not what his word says. But he came and he gave. Um, and he endured that awful death 
on a cross. May he stay there. He rose. May he ascended to heaven and he'll be back. He will. And right now he is um, he's with us and he sends the Holy Spirit to us who, um, who comforts us in those times of fear and loneliness and struggle and turmoil. But we can live different. So grace through him. Um, it's not a do-over. We don't get we don't get the do-over in life. He forgives everything that we have ever done and will do. Um, but we still have the life circumstances around us. Uh, but he's with us in them. And his generous grace opens that relationship. And we can get from here to there together in relationship with him. So he knows you. He loves you. He is with you. No matter what you're going through, every step of the way. Um, and he gives us the ability to die to ourselves. To um, He breaks the power of sin off of our lives. We're not immune to it. But if we'll stay connected with him, he always will give a way out. It's our choice uh, to look to him and to trust him in those moments. Amen. He loves you. Amen. Let's pray. God, you are just so good. You are holy and you are loving and you are mighty and you are powerful and you are present and you are with us every moment. What a gift. What a gift. God, this life can be hard and I know that you know it. Jesus, we know that you you walked you walked it. Um, we thank you that beyond anything that this world can do to us, um, that you are with us, that we are one with you, um, that we live now and we will live with you and in you for all of eternity. Amen. Lord, would you just help the words that you've spoken today just to settle into our hearts? Would you not let us miss? Whatever that thing is that you have for each one of us, you promise that your word uh, does not return void. So, Lord, let it go out and do what you intend for it to do. Lord, help us to look to you, to trust you. Would you shape our lives? Would you recreate our hearts? Help us to respond as you would to the world around us, that we would be salt and light and love and hope and peace in a world that's struggling. We thank you, God. We praise you. We love you with our whole hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.